Welcome everyone, this is Evan Fitzgerald. Chad Bevers and I are coming back on tonight to host what used to be called the Fox Valley Cube Radio, so now I guess we haven't really come up with a name, but we we can kind of call it Cube United Radio maybe. This will be our podcast. We are going to have our first guest here tonight is going to be JP Jason Larson from JP's Backyard Games. He's got some pretty exciting stuff that he's been working on this year and we want to kind of share with that. Also we have Matt Erdman online tonight. He's kind of giving JP some support. <laughs> Happy to have the Chaska guys on. Maybe kind of start with Chad. Just introduce yourself here to the audience. Hey everyone. Yeah, well, welcome back. Excited to get kickoff to the new podcast, if you will. Excited to talk to some Chaska guys and see what's exciting happening out in that area. So welcome, guys. Glad you could join us tonight. Thanks. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Jason Larson for the fans here. <laughs> Matt Erdman, you like to say hi to everyone? Absolutely. Appreciate Appreciate being here. Thanks, guys. All right, JP, if you'd like to talk a little bit about kind of what you've been up to and maybe talk a little bit about JP's backyard games here. Sure. This is Jason Larson. I go by JP. I have a little, quote-unquote, little hobby business out of my garage that's currently being packed up and moved to another city. So JP's Backyard Games kind of started as a making little cornhole boards for my friends and family and kind of morphed into getting a little bigger and bigger. And then I found this game called Cuba a number of years ago now and kind of blossomed into a pretty fun little hobby that's allowed me to ship coop sets all over the country. And Men's Journal, it's a magazine, contacted me a little while ago and I sent them a Coop set and I believe Coop is going to be in Men's Journal magazine in the next month or two here with my stuff which is going to be kind of cool I believe Ooh, that could be oh. big do you have a couple hundred sets lined up for yeah. orders already? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you better get going JP because they're not going to start rolling in here that magazine comes out so you uh, heard my, my shops down uh, it's, in the, it's in the back of a pod right at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's it exciting. could be interesting real quick here. When that comes out, I'll if I hear anything, I'll let you know. But yeah, Men's Journal is where I was at. I don't have a subscription to Men's Journal or anything, but somehow they heard about it and gave me a call and I talked to them and traded some emails and ended up getting some of my stuff out there. So we'll see how it goes. So he drives you into doing this full time, man. <laughs> <laughs> JP, please share with everyone your background in directing tournaments. Hosting a couple different tournaments started in Decora with the Nordic Fest tournament, which has kind of gone on and off, and the Chaska 1v1, which has turned into the World 1v1 tournament. This year, hosting the 2017 Midwest Championships in Shakopee, Minnesota at Canterbury Park, which is a horse race track, and we are hosting the first ever event on the infield of the racetracks. First time ever anything has ever been happening out there, so they're going to have food trucks, uh, beer tents, and a few other events from some other companies. Clint Childers is putting on a Mulkey tournament, and Jeremiah Kellen, I believe is his name is, is putting on a cornhole tournament. And I believe Brit's Pub, which is a bar restaurant downtown, is putting on like a lawn bowling tournament as well. So a lot of really big things happening for this first ever event that I've been working for months trying to make sure we got this event happening in, in there. And I think it's just going to be an awesome, unique event. We'll start our Coop tournament early in the morning, about 9 o'clock, and then about 1 o'clock, 1.30, horse racing will start. So we'll still be out in the middle of the court and her pitches and watching horse races go all around us, and it's going to be an awesome day. So kind of, how did that get started? How did you kind of reach out to them and... You know, a couple of years ago, we've been, as leaders, we kind of were looking, trying to you know, rotate the Midwest Championship around. So in the last couple of years, it was in, uh, oh gosh, i got to kind of go backwards here. So the last two years, it's been in Madison. Okay. 
Before that, it was in Decor, Iowa for the Nordic Fest tournament. And we kind of tried to decide to make sure kind of rotate that tournament around to give some different venues, some different feelings. And we thought 2017 would be the, the year to make Minneapolis kind of ha- host the Midwest Championships. And I kind of threw my hat in the ring and said I'd willing to take it on. And was looking around for some different ideas, different unique things that haven't been done with Kube yet. And I drive by the racetrack every day on the way to work. I see it out my window. And I'm like, God, that would be awesome. And I, reached out to them and I spent a lot of time like sending some emails and some phone calls and never getting any response, never getting any response. And I just kind of was persistent about it. Finally, one call, they're like, well, we were kind of range changing some things around. Let me think about it. And I was like, Oh, we're in if we're thinking about it. So that was kind of like called again and they're like, no, we can't do this. So then I was upset and crying and tears and trying to find a backup location and then they called me like two weeks later and they said would you be okay if we were to have other tournaments out there too so we can have a lot of things happening and I said absolutely and they said well we can't make any decisions until the horse racing schedule comes out so we had to wait until January this year which is kind of late putting it on a calendar I know that but couldn't wait until January for them to give us an actual solid date once the state racing commission gave them a date on when they could allow or when their horse racing schedule came out so we had to wait for quite a long time and i was just kind of waiting in the weeds waiting and waiting and waiting and finally they said let's do it and still trying to work out some details you know obviously they're a big company and their main focus is the horse racing and the, the poker and all that kind of stuff that they got going on so putting a coop tournament in the middle they're trying to trying to make it work and we're gonna do, have some fun with it Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that they'll actually be playing while the horses are going around the track and everything too, right? Is that yes. Obviously, they wanted uh, as many people out in the middle of the racetrack as possible during the racing because they want to kind of showcase the middle because, like I said, this is the first ever event out there. They, they've done some re-landscaping stuff. So if you look online on their, like a Google image, that's like not even an update picture anymore. They've moved the moved the lake and moved some things around. They eventually want to have concerts and stuff out there. They said they can hold hold like 30,000 people out there for a concert and stuff like that. Eventually, it's going to be a pretty big deal, but this is the, like I said, the first thing ever. We're hoping that most of the tournament will be done or we're going to start the like elimination round like at one o'clock so most people will be done playing coup by the time racing starts. Just the top eight or 16, depending on how many teams we decide to go with, will still be playing it. I think horse racing is actually going to start at like 1.30, 1.45. The teams that are eliminated from the first few rounds of Coob will then have an opportunity to play in the Monkey Tournament or the Cornhole Tournament or the Lawn Bowling. And then we're actually going to try to do a, when we went to Sweden this last summer and what played in the World Championships, anybody that got beat out could join up in the little of AM. So if anybody gets beat out and still wants to play Coob and doesn't care about some of the other backyard games, they can sign up and try to win the, the mini loppet or the mini the mini midwest i guess is what we're gonna the mini midwest so we'll have a second tournament for anybody that wants to stick around and try their best again okay so it's kind of like a consolation where people can choose to stay on or not right? yeah so we're trying to encourage a lot of new teams and got some stuff going on myself and quite a few of the other chaska members are teachers in shakopee so we're gonna offer some discounted price and for our teacher friends, if we can convince them to come out and try it and bring their families and uh, do all that kind of stuff. And we've got some Learn to Play Coob events scheduled in the in the parks around town. And the last couple Wednesdays, we've had some people coming out and we've already got some people interested and willing to willing to try it out. So going well all right, right now. How many how many teams you 
or will be willing to uh, register? Do you have a cap on it at all? Or? You know, Chad, I talked to you and we looked at the space that's available out there. Had you measure that for me? And I am not putting a cap on this sucker. If we get nice. if we get 100 teams, we'll take 100 teams, which means I'm going to have to make a few more coop sets. But uh, <laughs> you know if we can get 100 can teams it, right? playing, I know a guy that can do it. <laughs> I might have to hire some of my Chaska buddies to help me. But if that's the case, I'll, I'll be willing to do it. Yeah, you can slave, slave labor in the school. You can yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we do have, you know, I John is the tech ed teacher, and they've had two classes now where they're doing mass production unit, and they've been doing making cube sets. So all the kids are making a cube set and nice. taking a cube set home with them, which is pretty pretty darn awesome. So we're hoping we can convince some of those kids to come out to the tournament and convince their parents to come try it too. That would be cool. Now, is the park, what's it called, Canterbury, the Canterbury Park? Canterbury Park, yeah. Okay, great. Now, uh, what are they kind of doing to promote this event? Actually, I just got a, a message from their marketing department today. They don't have it on their website yet, but it will be on their website. They're going to start promoting it in their in-house flyers and their billboards and stuff that they have around to the extent of what it's going to go out. But they're, they're willing to promote this because they want to make this a unique event and they want to promote their infield as a, a place to be for different events. So so this is the first one. So we're we're going through some of that stuff right now, trying to figure out how they're marketing it. And with these other tournaments too that are going on, we're trying to make sure that you know they get equally promoted. I've only met the guy that's doing the beanbag tournament a couple of times or the cornhole tournament. I've only talked to him a couple of times and you know he seems pretty excited. He's said he's actually played Coop a few times and he's really enjoyed it. So I'm trying to convince him we're trying to do some uh, cross promotion between the two tournaments. So if you play in a cornhole tournament and the Coop tournament, you're going to get discounted price. He's going to promote it to his guys to come try Coop, and then maybe we'll get some guys that are playing Coop to, or some people, not just guys, some people that are playing Coop that can play cornhole as well. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, anything we can do for cross promotion. You know, get more people to see it. That's hopefully they'll uh, yeah kind of kind of appreciate that. Yeah, one thing, and I know we'll we'll be kind of having this available is uh, like the Chad kind of talked a little bit about a kind of a partnership with the the game called Rollers and how we're going to kind of have that available there at the Midwest Championships as well. Yeah, so uh, one of the things, you know, like we're trying to promote any backyard game and, uh, you know, rollers, I bought a set of rollers a number of years ago and it's a great little fun activity doing the backyards. Even the people that are just, Know, milling around that aren't in a tournament they're going to have some options to to try that out to try some coop sets try a uh, monkey or you know whatever we just want to get people out there and trying different games and you know obviously we're promoting coop so i think if people are coming out and they're seeing the stuff and they can actually try it they might be more willing to say oh my gosh this is actually pretty fun versus the experience we had last night we had somebody that said they've had a coop set in the garage for 10 years and looked at the direction they're like oh it doesn't even make sense and he played for 10 minutes he's like well now i get it you know so yeah. one of those things where you put a baton in somebody's hand they're going to figure it out faster than reading those directions yeah so. you have a lot of space there and after i you know looked at the aerial photo of it did some measuring you have plenty of space there and 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 speaking of which evan mentioned a little bit about the game rollers which i talked to matt butler and, and interesting enough i'll give you the, the side story on this and how we got introduced to it is matt butler the inventor of rollers contacted me on on instagram recently oh i shouldn't say recently maybe a couple months ago and asked if he was looking for any sponsorship of 2017 and long story short we exchanged some emails back and forth and we're going to 
Kubi United and a couple couple of teams are going to be actually sponsored by Rollers, and then we're he's going to send us a couple sets, and then two sets are going to UJP. So in, in exchange for you know kind of different marketing strategies, you're going to get a couple of roller sets that you can do whatever you want with. So I think that'd be nice to have to to introduce some people to again. Some games other than Kube, obviously, you know, we'd like to have them signed up playing Kube, but there'll be other games there for everybody to play because you have plenty of space there to mill around and see what's going on. Sounds like a really exciting day, that's for sure. And if I wasn't playing another tournament on the same day, I'd probably be up there playing with you guys. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, one thing I'd kind of like to add, too, is so you'll be seeing it actually at several tournaments. We'll go start out with the LA Kube tournament. My team is going to be called Scully Rollers. And uh, <laughs> so we'll kind of show, you know, we've offered two sets to Joe Zenas out there and uh, they can use them. The nice thing is we'll be able to use it. It's a lot of these tournaments that, that Kube United is kind of helping out with and or people we've talked to can use them as prizes and demonstrate. And, and what we're hoping is that he has a very large audience for, and this is Matt Butler at Scully Rollers, I think it was 20,000 likes or something like that. You know, a lot of followers. So what we're hoping is get some of his people you know by by with this kind of cross partnership obviously helping him but hopefully with his social media presence it'll also help uh more people kind of follow coop yeah that's one of the things like just getting the stuff in people's hands and having them try out i think is very important so just a couple weeks ago i was up in eau claire for their indoor sand tournament and brought a couple coop things up there and had a little raffle and it was fun seeing the people's just the joy on their face getting a coop set that they could take home with them and we'll be doing some of that with the midwest championships too having a little raffle for prizes and and different things so we'll we'll definitely make sure we can give some of those things away so people are actually walking away with some stuff as well that's cool that's 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 kind of what it's all about and if you can work out a partnership like that that's that's awesome now that you said you're you're kind of moving and you got this you know big tournament going on the midwest championship is jp going to be playing some tournaments this year my my tournament schedule is gonna i'll be honest it's uh it's cut way back this year compared to last year so last year was kind of uh was a great year we got to do a lot of coop tournaments we got to travel quite a bit and ended up you know going to sweden and playing the world championships which was amazing but with the uh, transition and moving the house also the shop being not usable for about a month here and moving to a new place the tournament schedule is cut down drastically compared to last year still trying to come to peace with that but uh <laughs> still trying to get you know promoted i know like our chess some of our chess guys are making quite a few trips i know they're getting a few other tournaments in here so there'll be a presence from chess and maybe not myself as much but chess is definitely making their their presence known where we can that's an excellent transition to maybe bring matt erdman online if he's here can i shoot some questions at matt yeah i'm here Awesome. So, uh, so I know you're kind of joining a team now called Kubanite, I believe, this year. Kind of curious, what are you guys' plans this year for for playing? Yeah. So, Kubanite was a team that Ford and I, Ford Brawlsford, my first year playing. That was the team name that we had, and so now we're partnering up with Phil Gustauer, so three Chaska guys, and we're going to be playing Springfest coming up here in a month. We'll be playing the Kub Crawl. Pre-nationals, nationals. So we've got four tournaments that we're going to be playing. And then I'm going to be playing your Kube United tournament in Beloit. Uh, what is that called again? U.S. Kube Open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be partnering up with Drew Strait and then playing Stoughton with Darren as well. And in the Midwest, we've been talking and we have a new guy, Tyler, 
that's kind of come and played the past couple of weeks with us when we've had our learned Kube, you know, learn how to play Kube times. And uh, we kind of decided to put him on a team, someone to play with a couple other guys, my dad and Paul, and let Tyler play with a couple guys that have played before and, you know, see if he can get a, get a placement and so forth. So we're going to mix it up a little bit and have some fun. Oh, that's cool. And, th- and that's what's kind of fun is uh, I always enjoy now is just kind of mixing up teams and being able to uh, play, especially with some, some newer guys or, you know, people I've never played with. So it's just a great way to get those people kind of excited kind of playing with high-level players like like yourself and uh, getting a chance to, you know, kind, kind of feel what that competitive coup or tournament coup really feels like. Yeah, and that's really what got me hooked on it, playing my, my first tournament at Lopit. I don't know, it was four years ago now, or four Lopits ago. You know, we did really well. We ended up getting a bib, and after that, I was pretty hooked. And, you know, to spark that fire in somebody, to give them the opportunity, that's what we're doing here. So. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, and giving people opportunities. And, and the, the learn to, to Kube is a great idea. I'm glad. Uh, hopefully that works out for you guys, and you have some, some good response with that. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, we've uh, actually just uh, we're working out some details too. There's a the year that Darren and Matt played in the Constellation Championships of the one v one. We went to a, a restaurant for Cuzzies. Uh, the year Mark Omen won it, and we're trying to set up a league down there. So we're trying to do some. We're gonna be doing some learn to coop there as well, and hopefully get a league started right here in the in the Chaska area. I know that our brethren here in the cities over at Summit and and Surly they've got a good thing going. But we're gonna we've been trying here in Chaska. We tried the park system and that didn't really work out and now the cousins is kind of on coming on board with they're trying to build some more things in their backyard but they've got a great yard for it so we go down there every once in a while and play anyway and they look at us kind of strange and so they figured well what the heck let's try to invite some more people down here and make this a thing no people look at you stranger playing coob that doesn't happen does it <laughs> why are they throwing wood at each other yeah right <laughs> what are they doing so uh yeah i guess one thing we didn't mention is, is where, where can they register for the u.s midwest G- championship just try to keep things simple i uh, kept it right on my website on uh, jpsbackyardgames.com under the shop section there's a section for uh, the midwest championships it's right at the top of the page we decided uh, just last night if we if we have some teams of people that have never played in a coop tournament before if they send me an email we're going to give them a pretty good discount so if they've never played in a coop tournament they're going to get in for pretty reduced price so pretty good deal so we're gonna we're trying to get some newbies out and i think uh this hopefully this venue will will just kind of be inspiring for everybody and if the people like i put a picture on my web page or on my facebook page that you know kind of showed like a press box like three stories up that you could watch the horse racing in the finals of kuban yeah really <laughs> maybe an air conditioning depending on how warm it is that day or if it's raining who knows but uh there's some there's some definitely some cool seating and venues for people to check out Coop and all the other stuff that's happening that day. So I'm, I'm looking at your website right now where you have the uh, registration page. I'm looking at it. I just want to ask you a question in regards to one of the questions that says, should your team be seated at this tournament? Explain that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to try a new new tournament format again this tournament we realize that no tournament format is ever perfect somebody's going to lose and they always feel like you know there's only gonna be one really happy team at the end of the day no matter what kind of format you run but we're gonna try to do that depending on the number of teams we're gonna try to run the the swiss system or the dmk format the classic system uh, but we're gonna split it into two so right now currently if you use the the traditional format and pool play you're playing with some people and you may have a longer pause and then eventually you get into elimination bracket and somebody's going to be done early there in the 
classic system. Uh, you play seven rounds, and after five or six rounds, you might play somebody, and then then eventually the top couple teams get put into an elimination bracket, and you're probably going to have to play. If you're one of those top teams, you're probably going to play somebody that you played earlier in the day. The goal here is we're going to split it into two of the classic systems, and we're going to take our ranked teams, and we've got a ranking committee in our club that's going to take the teams that are signed up and we're going to split like the number one seed and the number two seed. So they're going to be in two complete brackets. So the only way that they would possibly see each other if they keep winning all day would be in the finals of the event. So they wouldn't play each other in a in an early competition round. Oh, that's, um, it's actually kind of the same plan we have with the U.S. Open once we get over 64 teams. Or really <laughs> Glad we beat you to it. Glad yeah, we exactly. beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and kind of so some people right now, the current uh, spreadsheet that we use for running that format um, can only handle up to 64. But uh, exactly what JP has described and it was our plan was to kind of split the tournament in two and then as, as it goes through the process where it seeds out, say, let's say the top eight from each bracket, then we would start cross-bracketing those teams. So then once you get in there, if you have the pool A and the pool B, the people who win, say, the A bracket would then in the first elimination round of the championship would face eight and then two versus seven, three versus six, and so on. And so that's kind of, it sounds like that's kind of a similar format that you're, that you guys are planning then here, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's what we want to, that's what we want to get to. No, and that'd be really exciting. I mean, and kind of like what JP alluded to is, you know, sometimes that, you know, it's kind of nice because you only play one game where you run into that team early, but it definitely, I can see where some of the advantages to, you know, maybe from split up like traveling teams. So, you know, maybe they don't see each other it's quite as often on that day or, you know, or potentially have one. You know, obviously, if you have four teams traveling, you can at least split two and two. So maybe you don't run into that, you know, your buddies that you just traveled down with three times early in the morning or something like that. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of advantages to doing it that way. So, no, it's pretty, yeah. Once I heard you were kind of looking at something like that, I thought, cool. So this is uh, really in line with kind of a vision that we saw as well. So I'm really cool that you guys picked up on that. Yeah, so that's what I'm hoping. I mean, I'm like, I know Eau Claire has got a lot of teams and they don't typically travel. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, if we're splitting them, up we're going to get them to travel a little bit and st paul you know with their their league right here in town and they've got a number of people so we can split them up so they're not seeing the same teams in their league as they as they typically would um, during their weekly stuff so yeah we're hoping to hoping this little change will we'll draw some more people in and spread out some spread the love i guess and make sure they're seeing some different teams and going that way no that's cool yeah and that, i think it, it's a real good you know kind of way of blending that in there and so no i uh we're definitely excited to see how that goes and uh We'll be happy to kind of, if you have any ideas on how to work the details out of that, we've, you know, I know Chris Hodges and I have kind of uh, discussed it a few times, but I'm sure you guys are probably going down the same path we are, obviously, with the, the two scoring tables or two, you know, I mean, so there's a lot of a lot of different ways you can do it. So, no, that's really cool. So, let's see. Um, so, I guess at this point, kind of like to open it up. I know we have a few few listeners here online. Be kind of introduce yourself and jump in if you have any questions for uh, Matt or JP here tonight. Jason Haverson did have a, a good question here. He said, is the uh, Midwest a three-person tournament or is it uh, going to be a two-player this year? Yeah, we're keeping it a three-person. Tradition has been for the Midwest is try to keep it as uh, close to the national tournament as possible with the three-person minimum. So that's the way it's been the last three or four years here for the Midwest Championships, and we're going to keep it as three. So that's the plan here. You're going to use the neighbor rule? We will be implementing the neighbor rule. So uh, that is one one addition or one change, I guess, outside of the U.S. Uh, rule set is the is the neighbor rule. I don't think we're going to be able to paint the lines there, so uh, uh, we'll still have the 
the pins. Kind of for people who aren't familiar with the neighbor rule is it's something uh, like at the U.S. Open referred to also as the award cube. And the idea is there is if you've if you've incast or tossed your your cubes and one of them lands on top of another one, then the idea is that instead of like one of the one of the challenging things with it is trying to figure out where do you put that cube once you start sanding up the other one. So uh, one thing that we really like about this rule is is with the award cube that the one that's suspended or, or standing on top of the other two, we pull that cube off the pile, set it aside. Then the defensive team will stand up all the cubes like you would normally, and then you hand that cube that was suspended or the award cube to the offense and then the offense gets to decide anywhere on the pitch uh, somewhere like placing a penalty cube anywhere on their defensive side where they can then place that so they can put that in front of the pile we've seen some players move it back towards one of the eight meters so they can try to go for a double after they've cleared the field cubes but a thing that I know that like we hear Kube United that we really like about the rule is it really clears up that whole standing. Um, also, it's kind of exciting. You hear a lot of cheering around the pitch whenever you hear, we hear somebody says neighbor rule, you know, and then you know that they've pulled off a really cool thing where they've been able to get that cube to actually uh, land or stack on top of another one, as well as it just adds a little bit of extra strategy. And so I know here, like I said, here with the Kube United gang, we've all, we've really embraced that rule. And so it's really cool that, you know, Chaska's introduced that as well. Neighbor rule is the best though. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I gotta give a shout out to uh, uh, Paul Knutson. His nickname in our club is Neighbor, so we named that rule after him. He was he had that vision, and they worked it out. Him and John, and uh, some Sunday afternoons in their regular play in the, in the front yard over at John John's house. But Paul's nickname in the club is Neighbor, and that's how he got the Neighbor rule. So that's where that came from. For those that are wondering, nice. Yeah, and that that's one I think that yeah I've. We've been kind of talking about if other ways to kind of clear up some other clunky rules. And we've seen where the, you know, that award cube or neighbor cube can uh, potentially come into play as well. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that, I know there's a lot of tournaments who have embraced that rule. So um, hopefully, you know, we kind of ask uh, everybody, give it a shot, see what you think. We think it's, I know it's, it's some, it's a rule that I feel is a great rule. So kind of hope we're kind of really hoping that one, even though even when I was in Belgium, you know, they, I kind of explained that to them. A lot of people thought, hmm, that's, I see a lot of advantages to using that. So hopefully, we'll see that one go global and so paul could be uh, famous for his neighbor rule there <laughs> jason Harrison had a couple questions first one was are you able to help match up a third player for those that only have two members at that time yeah so i think what we'll do is on our uh, 2017 midwest championships on the facebook page we'll uh Jason, if you want to, or anybody that's looking for a team or is interested to play but doesn't quite have three yet, put your name out there and we'll help facilitate that if you need help. We definitely want to get you up here, so that'd be awesome. Other question you had, is it going to be a traditional throw at the King or something different like the sure shot? Well, we're thinking you got to be riding a horse and uh, (laughs) we're... Uh, no, it'll be a traditional king toss, so we're not gonna not gonna go to the sure shot. So we will keep it a traditional king toss. Stand on one foot or turn backwards or something. <laughs> so no, that's a uh, it's good to hear. Yeah, as far as you know, like I said, you know, just to you know, kind of pump up the day a little bit more. Like for anybody that knows anything about horse racing, that day May twentieth is Preakness. So that's a huge race. Uh, what is that in New York, I believe? which means there's going to be a ton of people that come out to Canterbury to watch the horse racing, which means there's going to be a ton of people seeing Coob for the very first time going, what the heck are they doing? So we're going to be out in the middle of the infield. There's going to be people everywhere. There's going to be music playing. There's going to be cornhole playing after we're almost done. There's going to be horses racing. They're going to have food and beer trucks. They're going to have the betting stations right on the inside of the track so people 
don't have to worry about trying to get there. The, the restrooms will be close by. It's just going to be, I don't know, like the state fair <laughs> or some type of an event. I think it's just going to be really neat. Look forward to this sucker. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, kind of if you're hopefully uh, people are interested from after listening to this. And so uh, you can go to JP's Backyards Game. Uh, another way you can kind of find any of the tournaments uh, that we have the links. Uh, Darren Finger from Kube United. We created a Kube calendar page. If you scroll down to May 20th, you will see that as well as all the other tournaments that are going on. Darren did a fantastic job of tracking down all the different links and way to register. So that's a really cool way to, if you see that there's a tournament you're interested in, he has ways there to contact the director as well. So hopefully you can check that out. And also, if you have any questions for us here at Kube United, feel free to contact us at unitedwecube at gmail.com if you have questions about the uh, the DMK or the tournament system that we discussed here today. Or if you have any follow-up questions for any of our guests or anything, you know, please please contact us, and, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any ideas for this podcast or, or any feedback, we would love to hear it. Also, uh, obviously, you can follow us on kubeunited.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all that. Everything is under Kube United. With Jason, probably best way, like, you can uh, follow them on Chaska Kube Club that's on Facebook. They're, they're always doing some fun things and fun events. So if you're in that Twin City area, especially on Chaska, you can definitely catch these guys. They're always doing something. It's a lot of fun. Well, I just want to kind of thank everybody and uh, hopefully we'll, I don't know, we'll all see you all soon this year on the pitch and really excited about it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Once we're done, we'll play some more, yeah. Come with me, I know what to do. Come with me, I will play Knock down your hoops and you throw them back at me and say, What well, they do? You can try to knock them over, but if you miss one, we'll start it all until the game is done. Oh, come with me, I know what to do. Come with me and we'll play cool. When the Vikings. Come